What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. I am worthy. I am powerful. I am enough. I am me. These words pulled from today's guest's Instagram page are exactly what we hope you will take away from today's episode, that you are worthy, powerful, and enough precisely as you are. It's one thing to hear those words and another thing, though, to really internalize and live by them. That's one reason I'm thrilled to have Ruby Stilton in the studio with me today. We're going to talk about limb difference, sex and dating when there's something different about you, confidence, sexual self-esteem, and more. Then Dr. Megan Fleming and I will weigh in for a He says he's a 30-year-old virgin and plans to actively pursue dating soon. Before we dive in, a gigantic sponsor shout out to The Pleasure Chest, my favorite place to shop for sex toys, massage candles, lube, and more. It is BOGO season at Pleasure Chest right now, so you can stock up for summer at their one and only sale of the year through July. Buy one and get one half off anything that vibrates of equal or lesser value. Head to thepleasurechest.com to learn more or start shopping. And on Thursday, August 1st, they're having a hashtag open mixer hosted by my friend and fabulous expert, Erin Tillman, a.k.a. the Dating Advice Girl from 8 to 10 p.m. here in Los Angeles. It's free. It's a sex-positive social event for open-minded folks. You'll get refreshments, have fun discussion, icebreakers, socializing. I definitely recommend checking it out. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Ruby Stilton. Ruby calls herself a one-and-a-half-arm podcast-loving, confidence-forward, self-loving weirdo on a mission to help everybody feel comfortable in their own skin and embrace their dream life. Thank you for joining me, Ruby. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. What did you learn when you were growing up in Texas about (laughs) sex and sexuality? You know, I, I feel like it was something that was never really spoken of. I can't say that we learned it in school. I was in a public Catholic school, or not public, um, private Catholic school. So it wasn't something we learned. And my mom would, like, mention it here and there, but it wasn't, like, something that was spoken about. It was just kind of like, yeah, if you have questions, like, I'm here, but... And did you ask any, or did you feel like it's not really... No, I didn't. I really didn't. I was just kind of like... You know, I'll find out as I go, and internet's there, and social media. Not the best thing, but, you know. It's one of those good and bad things, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. It depends on how you use it, but it's it's good we have something. Because when I was really little, I for sure would have been Googling sex questions really early, Mm -hmm. you know, because I I just use sense not to ask questions. Still, (laughs) Still a lot of people feel that way. So, yeah. So could you share what limb difference is for anyone who is not familiar? Yeah, of course. So... Limb difference is different for everyone. Um, Basically, it's just when you're missing a limb, whether it's due to amputation or because you were born different. For me, um, I was born with my full right arm and half of my left arm, and I have seven fingers in total. So it varies from person to person, but the overall idea, I guess, it's that you do not have all of your limbs. 
I read that two million people in the U.S. have had an amputation or were born with limb difference. So mm. it's really common. Mm. I can't say I've heard a lot of conversations about it other than from advocates like you who are outspoken and, and sharing messages. Did you know other people or hear much about it other than your own experience growing up? Yeah, no. I feel like it was until maybe I started embracing my difference that I started noticing and seeing all these people out there that were, hey, I'm different, like I'm here. But besides that, like, I really did not hear or know anyone. Um, and it's it's very weird in a sense to be, you know, you assume like, oh, you're different. You must know a community of people that are different. And that wasn't the case. It, I felt like I was the only one that was different. Do you remember a time when you realized, because I know from your videos, you have shared that your mother really encouraged you mm -hmm. to, to do everything and to, you know, lead a quote unquote normal life. Right. And it sounds like that was really normalized for you. Like, this is who you are and let's embrace life and which is wonderful. Yeah. And I know that when we're really little, too, we don't really know much beyond our own experience. Do you remember a time when you realized that there was something pretty different about you? Definitely. And that was in middle school. And it happened so subconsciously that I didn't even know I was ashamed of my story till a year and a half ago, maybe seven months ago. Um, it wasn't like till all my friends started dating and going on dates and like liking boys and boys liking them back or, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, OK, like what what's different about me? And that's when I started noticing and that is when I took on the wearing long sleeves all the time. And we were talking about this before we started recording. Where I'm from, it's 100 plus degrees all the time. And I somehow convinced myself that that was who I was. That was my style. That I liked wearing sweaters. Aww. That I was like the scene kid that liked wearing long sleeves all the time. And it was until I started doing self-development that I was like, why am I wearing long sleeves in 100-plus degree weather going from Texas to Southern California? Yeah. So it was such a shock to know that it did affect me, and I realized I was different so subconsciously that I didn't even know I was doing it. That's so interesting. I think that it really can—those messages can seep in, the, the shame that we can yeah. feel about being different in some kind of way. I was looking at some different studies and— there was one uh, published in the International Journal of Eating Disorders involving teenage girls that showed that poor body image increased steadily along with how active they were on Facebook and that the more friends that they had, the more self-conscious and thin striving they tended to be, which on one hand wasn't too surprising, right? Because there's kind of this culture of, I think, especially when you're a teen, maybe looking for validation or you start getting like attention for a certain picture and there's that little like dopamine thing going off in your head. Uh, but then also social media is used in wonderful ways. The way that you're using it, your Instagram is full of light and these positive messages and, and all of that. Um, do you feel like social media has impacted your own journey, like leading up to your activism and now? Definitely. And social media could be such a wonderful thing, like you said, or it could be your biggest trigger. 
uh, for me when I first started getting into er, into social media was back in the MySpace days, and it was kind of like top friends and all that stuff. And when Instagram came along, that totally changed the game. You saw these models and these Instagram models or Insta models or whatever they're called, and the Kardashians blew up. And it was like, I almost felt like I had to look a certain way to achieve some type of success or some type of validation. So it took a lot of self-development and like looking into my own life and my beliefs and my values to be like, it's okay to be different. And it's okay to look up to these girls and, you know, want the plastic surgeries if you're doing it for yourself, not because you're going to look a certain way. I don't know if that's making sense. but Yeah, kind of... I think deep, like really digging deep mm-hmm. into into those questions is so important. Right. Because I think on the surface, like you were saying, you didn't realize yeah. why you were making certain choices. And simply tapping into our own kind of being introspective, looking at our own um, insecurities we may have had, what where we got these messages from. Are we doing this because – so, for example – I did an episode at the Museum of Broken Relationships, uh-huh. which is really fun. And they had, you know, all these different pieces of art that had been donated and curated. So mm-hmm. they were from all different kinds of breakups. And one of them was an implant, a breast implant. Oh, I love that. And it was really fascinating because the person who submitted, they each had like a little letter. And hers said, essentially, that she got the implants for her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And he was very controlling, and her body rejected them, so she got sick from having them, like, yeah. physically. And so for her to have it taken out was, like, very freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there are many people who have implants of all different kinds yeah. who love it, and they do it for themselves. Right. And they're not like, oh, this is makes or breaks whether I'm a good person. Because <laughs> totally. they aren't going to – like, you can't do something to your body that's going to – really affect or quote-unquote fix something that's Mm. that's a deep emotional wound that probably needs help definitely and i'm all about plastic surgery i love it i think it's a great tool but i won't do something that doesn't align with my values and my morals and when you brought up the the plastic surgery that she did for the breast implants for her partner that's so common and it's so sad But, you know, if to anyone listening that might be going through something like that, if you want to do it, go for it. But if you're doing it to feel validated or accepted or whatever, maybe don't do it. It's not worth your your happiness. It really isn't. And your health at the end of the day. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the desire to have a particular surgery, if it does tie into trying to impress a particular person or a group of people, it's possible that that could be a sign that you might be healthier to step away from those mm-hmm. people, um, if that's the reason. Yeah. You know, I think anytime <laughs> we have, like, a desire for something or, like, mixed feelings, if you can hit pause and you don't feel, like, desperate, like, I need this now, right? I think that's a good sign, too. Totally. You know, talk to an expert, that kind of thing. How has limb difference impacted your dating life? <laughs> It's so funny because with these type, or when it came to dating, I feel like I was the only one putting those 
those limits on myself because everyone that I've dated has had no problem with it. So you put limits thinking that That maybe not everyone would want to be Mm -hmm. or they would have issues with it and they were fine. Yeah, totally. And like, I feel like that goes for anyone that's struggling with self-image. It's mainly in our head. Yeah, there's people that may not accept it. You know, there's people out there that it's not their, their type or whatever. And that's okay. But don't decide for someone else whether you're their type or not. So for me, let's say I was into a guy or a girl or whatever, and I didn't go for them because I didn't think they'd accept me. So that helped me back a lot. So, so much. It was until I was maybe 18 that I actually started pursuing people. Uh, Because before that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, they're cute, but no. What was the turning point for you? Or was it a series of events and kind of just learning along the way? When did you start to realize that you had been limiting yourself in in dating and also (laughs) wearing the sweaters and and all of that? Yeah, I feel like it wasn't subconscious. It happened so, or it wasn't, like, upfront. It happened so subconsciously, just like when I started wearing sweaters. Um, The reason I started the self-development journey a year and a half ago, that was like, it's literally like it was yesterday. But the reason I started was because I looked at a picture of myself on my birthday and I hated what I saw. And I had let myself, I'm five foot one, so I'm super short. And I had let myself get over 220 pounds. So I knew I was killing myself. And at this point... I was already with my current boyfriend, and we had been together for about four years, but he was always super into sports and fit and stuff, and when we moved in together, we just, like, my habits rubbed rubbed off on him, and it was just realizing that I was killing myself, and I could not Mm. continue. When you say you were killing yourself... Was it emotional eating? Were you was it like disordered eating you were experiencing? It was a mixture of not eating and then binge eating. Ah. And I feel like a lot of people have that where you're like, yeah. you know, I before he moved in with me, I would order pizza five times a week and make that like last all fucking week. And then I go to school because I was in school at the time, come home would not leave the apartment, um, and I have a puppy, so I would walk her at, like, midnight so I wouldn't have to deal with people. But if anyone lives in Hollywood, you know that walking alone at midnight is not the safest thing to do. Yeah, not ideal. It can yeah. be a little scary. Yeah, so I put myself in all these situations that I was like, why? So it's you weren't so taking care of yourself? It no. sounds like you're maybe undervaluing mm-hmm. yourself. And, yeah, and at this point, I was you know, doing what I love. I was songwriting. I was lucky enough to co-write with one of my favorite artists and another artist cut a demo of one of my songs and it was just so incredible. But I was destroying myself at the end of the day. Mm. What an interesting contrast. Did that passion and that project give you a sense, like a mirror almost to go, I have goodness to strive for? Honestly, no. And that's the saddest thing. It's the reason I stepped away from music. Because I was, you know, I leave my my apartment and put on this phase of like, oh, everything's fine. We're good. 
you know, um, and then I'd get back and it was like the apartment was a mess. I wouldn't like to be taking care of myself or anything. And it was sad. Like thinking about it makes me feel so so sad for that young self. Yeah, I was th- I was just thinking it's almost like you're talking about another person yeah. who you have a lot of compassion for. Totally. And and now your audience has become you're like the surrogate you to your younger self. You are mm-hmm. you're presenting these healthy messages for people. I think we can all relate in some way to those kinds of struggles. You did turn things around. I did. Do you remember <laughs> a moment when things started to shift? It started with wanting to physically change my body. Um, growing up, my mom was always super healthy. She was the one that, you know, she opened a gym at 18 and she was a healthy person or she still is a healthy person. And so when I first started my journey a year and a half ago, it was kind of like, I want to physically change my body. But then I started listening to a certain podcast Um it was Earn Your Happy by Lori Harder. Not sure we were familiar with her. But I started listening to her podcast, and it was all about self-development and, like, entrepreneurship and the value that you have, basically. And that intrigued me. And I ended up taking a trip to Arizona to watch one of her live events, and that completely changed my life. Uh, it got to a point where... I knew before in the past I've lost, you know, weight and I've gained weight and I've been all over the place. And that didn't change how I felt about myself or that led me to where I was at that point in my life. So I knew that wouldn't be the answer. Yeah, it doesn't really fix it, right? <laughs> yeah, like no. we think it will. Yeah, no, not <laughs> yeah. at all. So I knew I had to go deeper and I was always on that pride of myself into, oh, I don't cry. I never cry. I haven't cried in years. Yeah, well, that's not healthy. <laughs> so um, it, it really, I had to take a step back and really unlearn everything and realize that everything I knew about myself was a fucking lie. That's big. Yeah. Did, when you realized that, were you, probably a mixed emotions, but I imagine there were some negative ones mixed in there, kind of, yeah. and, and you have to start grieving what you were missing I was a mess it was a complete complete disaster um I I kind of just would journal because I'm a songwriter like since I was young so I would just journal and realizing that the person I knew I was did not match the person I was being completely devastated me because when you think about like someone hurting you or someone hurting your best friend or hurting a child is so sad so the fact that I was hurting my younger self and I had hurt my younger self so much was I don't know it just it kind of breaks you and tears you apart but it also makes you a lot stronger yeah it gives you this motivation because you want to help her right yeah yeah I can tell that that little girl is still really close to your heart oh yeah I and I do a lot of like talking to my younger selves every single day and sometimes that's what you need to do you know talk to the younger self in you to the little girl little boy that's in you and remind them that it's okay it's okay to feel a certain way and I know for me when I start getting very anxious that's my 15 year old self getting really really anxious and trying to close everyone down 
So when I feel those emotions of anxiety coming over me, I have to take a step back and have a conversation with her almost and be like, hey, thank you for feeling this way. But how about let's relax and, you know, Mm. so it was a a journey to understand that there is different chapters in your life that create who you are today. And when we start feeling a certain way, most of the time it's because those younger selves are trying to protect us from something. So getting really clear on who those personas are almost. That's so powerful, especially what you said about thanking your younger self for those feelings because when we shame ourselves for our emotions it can become a whole new problem Mm -hmm. so I think that's really that's really amazing as I was preparing for this episode I was thinking about sexual self-confidence I think that's Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people struggle with and it's interesting because you already have brought up several things that I think are such powerful tools for improving that and also all of the things that improve sexual self-confidence improve life confidence, Mm -hmm. overall confidence. So these are more general, but one of them is journaling. I think that's so powerful, mindfulness and self-awareness from a sexual standpoint, but also from a self-strength standpoint. I think masturbation can be really helpful, Mm -hmm. like learning your body and surrounding yourself with positive people. Did you have to step away from certain people in your life as you were, because it was almost like, I felt like as you were talking, like this cracking of your life, like it opened up. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And when I first moved to LA, I was 18. Most of the people that I became really good friends with at that age, I no longer talked to. And people that I was friends with a year and a half ago, I no longer hang out with. Because when we hung out, it was just go out and drink, get super fucked up. And like, you know, it's not where my values are right now. And at the time, that's not where my values were either. But that's what I was doing. Did you have those times where you're, this happened to me, you're like in a group of people and like jumping up and down in some loud place. And you're like, why am I here? Yep. What am I doing? <laughs> I just remember feeling like, can I please go home if I have a job? Which I think is a sign to yeah. be like, you don't have to, like, why are you actually here? Like, right. we almost feel obligated sometimes. Totally. To just keep up with this image or something. Definitely. Especially when that's a group of people that you're hanging out with. Because that's all you know. If you say, oh, I don't want to go out, they're still going to go out without you. So it's kind of like then you're going to have to see all these photos and like hear all these stories. So it comes back to knowing that you're going to be okay without those people. And you're clearing out room for For new people. And not in this destructive, mean way, because I think it's also kind to other people to be clear and honest, Mm -hmm. whether you like literally break up with a friend sometimes you actually have the conversation very often there is no conversation you just sort of like grow apart but you open yourself up to so much Mm -hmm. you're not actually it can feel like a sacrifice in the moment that whole fear of missing out thing right how quickly were you able to turn that around luckily for me it was pretty quick um because I dove for and I was like I'm going for and I'm changing my life around. So when people were exiting my life, new people were already floating in. And there was a point where I had my old friends and my new friends all at the same time. And it was kind of choosing, like, 
do I want to go have coffee and brunch with my friends, my new friends, and talk about goals and ambitions? Or do I want to go have drinks and gossip with my old friends? So it was kind of like a balance game for a while. But (laughs) the thing with balance is that I feel like it's not real. Balance is, to me at least, when I try to balance my life, everything kind of blows up. (laughs) Yeah. So... And it's not about choosing either. It's just about doing what feels right to you. And sometimes you have to be selfish, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing, right? Because no. you are we're better people mm-hmm. when we center our needs. Right. And you really spoke to that quote that I shared from your Instagram. It, it ends with I am me, which I love so much because authenticity, I think, is really where all the power in our lives comes from. Mm-hmm. At what point did you start feeling authentic? About seven months ago, maybe. And every day I'm evolving more. So what was authentic to me last month probably might not align to what's authentic to me today, and that's okay. Um, And I think it's really important for people to remember that, that we're humans. We evolve, we change, we grow it's okay to change our wants, our needs, our likes. Yeah, and that it is a journey. On your website, you say, I'm learning to love myself, which yeah. I think is really important because people probably look up to you as an expert in self-love. <laughs> and you're saying, well, yes, I have important things to say about this. That doesn't mean I've mastered it and it's done. Totally. Yeah. And there's days where I'm laying in bed and I have a complete meltdown. But then I remember that I was put on this earth for a reason. I have a mission and it'd be selfish of me to not share it. And, you know, whatever you're going through in your life, you're given your story for a reason. And it's up to you if you use that to empower yourself and others or let it completely break you down. And I wasn't about to let it break me down. We're all so lucky for that. That is really awesome. I read a study, another study, that talked about limb difference and sexual dysfunction. And it's interesting because most of the research is on uh, people who have had an amputation because they were not Mm -hmm. born with a difference, right? So for them, they have to learn to adapt. And I think it seems that a lot of cases, it's the emotional impact for Mm -hmm. them of adjusting the way that they thought they needed to look or behave or those types of things because you were raised and have always lived this way and have always been encouraged to be you and and to do all the things. Have there been any challenges in your sexuality or sexual health that you feel would not have been there otherwise or that you think there needs to be more awareness around? Um. I feel like, just like everyone else, I was embarrassed to be, you know, naked with someone. Um, And it's that self-fear that they're not going to accept me or that I don't live up to their standards. But what are standards, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, everyone has different standards. It sounds like, I mean, because... I was watching in one of your videos, you said the only thing you struggle with is like putting your hair in a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, for you, it's probably just like it is for the rest of us. Right. I just, I don't want to assume that. Totally. No, yeah, I think for me in my case, it is 
normal. I could pretty much do whatever, you know, but every case is different. So, you know, what I might be able to do might not be what someone with a missing leg or missing two legs might be able to do. So just be open with your partner and what are you comfortable with doing and what you're not comfortable with doing. Having those vulnerable conversations. Yeah, that's really important. I think that's where all of the good growth happens when Mm -hmm. we feel a little nervous about it. Because otherwise, we're just, it's kind of like putting a filter on yourself. You know, you're like, I'm going to try to be quote unquote perfect. Mm -hmm. But then you are not uniquely you anymore. Right. You know, you're just like trying to fake your, like be a knockoff or something. Yeah. What is one of your top tips for cultivating self confidence? Get to know yourself and go in completely open to realizing that you actually do not know yourself. So journal and let anything and everything that's coming to you out on a piece of paper, on audio recording if you don't like writing. Because it's so important when we are going through this development, self-development journey to realize that. All the things that society and the world has put on us might not align to what we truly believe, and that is okay. So get to know yourself. That's the best advice I could really give. That idea of of going in with you might not know yourself is so interesting and important, I think, because I think we can be really stubborn about that. Have you ever been like when you're really defensive about it sometimes, at least in my own experience, sometimes I'm like, that is not how I am. You know, sometimes that's actually when you should look a little deeper and go, wait a minute. Could you share an example of of something you learned about yourself (laughs) that you were surprised by? So I I was actually really surprised when I learned that I was actually very judgmental about people. And about myself, because I always hate it when people would gossip, but then I'd turn around and do it. And I was like, I'm not a gossiper. I just say what's true, you know. So that was one of the biggest ones for me, at least, that I have to work on. Like still, like if I catch myself starting to say something about someone and it doesn't necessarily have to be something bad, just, you know. A conversation that's like, oh, did he see what she was wearing? Or did he see what he was wearing? Or did he hear this? Like, those little things I hate when other people do it. And realizing that I was doing that shit was so bad. Um, And also, I guess when I realized that I actually did care what people said and what people thought about me. Because I always, like I said, prided myself and like, oh, I don't care. I don't care what people say. Like, fuck everyone. Um... Then I was like, okay, if I really didn't care, I would not be wearing long sleeves every single day. Mm. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's really big because, yeah, that, that can be ego, right? Yeah. Like, we are unaffected by everything. Mm-hmm. But that's actually, there's so much strength in, in again, that vulnerability and yeah. saying we're all human. You know, we all, it's so easy to fall into gossip and, oh, and, yeah. and how you were saying, like, it's, it's a superficial way of talking, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's to put somebody down for the sake of it right. um, or to like make yourself look cooler or something. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize you're doing that a lot of times, I think. Yeah. And when other people are doing it around you, it's so easy to start, oh yeah, just to even kind of feel like you have to fit in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you hear gossip now? I either step away or like... If we're in a car and we're talking, I'm like, hey, 
I don't feel comfortable with this conversation. And those things can make you look uncool at times and make you feel weird, but it gets easier, you know? And stand up for what you believe in, really. If you hear someone that's talking, you know, against something or about something that you don't agree with, you could either step away or if you have no opportunity to step away, just ask them to stop talking about it. Mm. You know, use your voice. We all have a voice. And for the longest time, I didn't use mine. And somebody else in that group is going to be so thankful, oh, yeah. right? Because there are other people sitting there sweating, mm-hmm. going like, oh, this is not good. I don't want to, you know. Right. And it takes one person to, to yeah. have that bravery. That's really important. You're really passionate about the idea that you are more than a number, that we are more than a mm-hmm. number. Would you speak to why that matters to you? So I'm Mexican. I'm Hispanic. I'm a female. And I have limited friends. So easily it could have been another number in the... Uh, statistics or whatever I don't know um and I refuse to be just a number and I think if we all refuse to be just a number or just an average or a percentage that's what's going to make the difference mm. I want to have a national holiday a day without numbers I love that <laughs> I, it would be really complicated so if anyone knows all the higher-ups at all the social media networks but to have wouldn't it be cool if there were no numbers on social media for one oh day? Oh, my God. Like, you wouldn't know how many. Just for one day. Don't <laughs> everyone freak incredible. out. I'm just saying. Like, just for, like, a holiday yeah. where we go, we are, like, if you weigh yourself, don't weigh yourself today. If you, obviously, sometimes you need to think about right. maybe you're really close on the budget line. you got to budget things. But just to have that clearness. That would be incredible. Because I'm so with you. We are more than a number. We're more than a statistic. We're more than, we're not yeah. one-dimensional humans. Mm-mm. Totally. And I think it's so easy to fall into that, too. Oh, well, how many followers do you have? How many likes did you get in a picture? And it's, I don't want to say it's not important, because I feel like in this time and age, it is important. Um, But don't let that be your driving force or what Mm -hmm. surrounds you. Don't let that determine whether you're worthy enough or not. Because at the end of the day, it is just a number. Yeah. They could go away at any time. Instagram could decide to shut down tomorrow. Yeah. We had a glitch the other day and everyone's like having having a thing over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Don't let the number define you. And Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that you said, yeah, it matters. I mean, if you have a brand, which so many people do, if you're trying to make a difference, if it's just you and one other person and your number is two, you're not. You're only helping those two people, right. which may be great. But if you're trying to create something, yeah, the numbers matter. But but they don't have to be the thing that – because you can have a smaller, relatively smaller brand mm-hmm. that's making a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do – I challenge myself. I, it's not even a challenge. I This might even just be my stubbornness. But sometimes I will post something at, like – almost like Mm anti-strategy, you know, because I'll hear some tip about like, you have to post on this day at this time and you can only say this many words. So I do the opposite and I'll just, (laughs) or I'll do something that I know people aren't going to like very much. And I, at least I'm telling myself that I want to, I want to stay authentic. I want to say what's real and not say it because, oh, if I say this, it might go viral, you know, which I, I think it's an interesting journey for all of us. Yeah. And I feel like we've all, gone through that of like very strategic i can't speak english apparently but um very like calculated posts and stuff and i don't know why i'm getting this really urge need to say that 
if you're doing lives and sharing your story or going on a podcast or starting a podcast or a YouTube channel and you're like four months in and you still only have two, three, four views, don't stop because you might be changing one of their lives. So just keep going. Thank you for saying that. No, thank you for saying that. It's so true. And it it means a lot to me, especially as someone who does this Mm -hmm. for a living. I mean, because I hear a lot of influencers and educators who offer courses, and it's very based on, this is how I got 10,000 this or 100,000 that. And it's such a turnoff to me when it's like, that's the whole point. Right. Although I certainly understand. I mean, I want a million followers. Hey, everyone, tell your friends about Girl Motor Radio. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're like, but at the same time, what really matters is that Mm -hmm. message you get from someone that you did have an impact and that their life in some way is a little better. Maybe, you know, they, they didn't get into a dangerous situation or they're taking better care of themselves. And that is really important for sure. So tell us a little bit about your work. And I know you have a special offering. I do. So I, when I first started this, I did a lot of self-confidence coaching, but when I started my podcast, I kind of switched that over into actually being a podcast coach and editor. So I help people use their voice and their story to empower and motivate others while helping them create maybe some sort of source to create a better life for themselves. So I am offering you guys as listeners a 40% off to anyone that's wanting to start a podcast and take my one-on-one podcast course, I guess. That's so generous. Um, yeah. Just How mention. can they get it? Yeah. So just follow me on Instagram and message me, Girl Boner, and I'll know that you want in. Awesome. And your Instagram handle? It's at Ruby Skelton. So R-U-B-I-S-K-I-L-T-O-N. Awesome. And yes. what is one last tip for anyone who's feeling a little low on themselves right now? And they're hearing all of this and they're going, yeah, it all sounds good, but... It can be overwhelming when Mm -hmm. you're just starting. You got this. You're going to be okay. This is part of your story, so embrace it. And let yourself feel. Let yourself grieve. Let yourself cry. Let yourself be mad. But most importantly, let yourself experience whatever you're going through. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here and for your incredibly important work. Thank you so much for having me. Moving on to today's listener question, we have this from Harold who says, I am a 30-year-old virgin. If that sounded like an AA group intro, well, it does feel like a confession. It's not that I'm not interested in sex. I just haven't met the right person. I masturbate often, so I know my penis works. The last woman I told assumed I was gay or had too many issues, so I'm hesitant to tell others. I figured that you and the good doctor would have wisdoms as I am getting in shape and plan to actively pursue dating in the near future. Thank you so much for your question, Harold. I'm so sorry that somebody reacted to you that way. That is not cool. I think it's awesome that you're gearing up to put yourself out there. And I love that you know your body so well from solo play. Here is what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. Harold, thanks so much for your question. And, you know, first I just want to say that I think it's fabulous that you're taking care of yourself and getting in shape and looking forward to dating, you know, and I think that when you say it sort of feels like a confession, it's important to recognize that, you know, 
all this emphasis that we put on virginity really just has to do, unfortunately, with this cultural context. Um, because in reality, all it just means is that you haven't yet, yet always being the operative word, had that type of physical experience. Just like you haven't yet had penetration, penis and vagina, others haven't had anal, others haven't experienced kink. You know, it's just that we have this... Um, you know, meaning that we put onto it in, in many cases, which as we know is sort of a double standard, right? For women, there's sort of the negative, as we often refer to as her virginity being taken from her or deflowered. And as if there's this positive connotation for men somehow being a sign of masculinity. And I think that we really need to get beyond uh, sort of these cultural standards because there really is nothing shameful at all about being a virgin at any age. I've certainly worked with uh, many 40-plus-year-old virgins who I can tell you are really great and amazing men. And they all, for reasons that make perfect sense, um, you know, it just hasn't yet been the time for them, as it sounds like it hasn't for you. Um, and so what I really want to say is that, you know, there's nothing about you're being 30 that is too late. You know, it's all about finding the right time for you. Because as I often say, you are your own expert. And so I think that's what I first want you to take in. You know, breathe it into the very depths of your being that absolutely there's nothing wrong with you. It's just you haven't yet had this one experience. And as I say that, you may or may not have had other experiences with women, you know, kissing, making out, you know, uh, feeling skilled in your ability to give pleasure with your hands or your mouth. And even when if you haven't had those experiences, that's fine too. Because like I said, it's really about finding the right timing and that recognizing, um, you know, to your point, you may or may not always have a receptive partner. But I also want to say there's no need to get into any kind of lengthy explanation because, as I said, there's nothing wrong. It's just an experience you haven't had, right? So you might want to say that, as you are saying, and it's your truth, right, you're waiting to find the right person. It, for some, might be for religious reasons. For others, it may be that they've had some negative experiences and wanted to wait a while. And then for others still, it might be that they've been so focused on their careers that they have really put relationships on the back burner. The point is you don't need to get into any kind of detail. You can wait for the right timing, and note that if your partner isn't receptive, you know, expression I often say is like you dodged a bullet, right? Because to be honest, if a woman in any way would make you feel bad or less than or, you know, may think like, oh, this feels like it's a big choice and isn't sure she, you know, wants to be the one, you know, it's to really, again, put it back in the context of like, this is just your picking and choosing when it feels like the right time. And, and you know, with the right partner, that's going to be somebody who's caring and understanding. And in fact, you might even find a partner who is going to feel sort of the opportunity, right, of, in a sense, showing you the ropes and, you know, enjoying the fact that she has this opportunity to be your first. And so, you know, there's no one way to go about this, but I, the biggest thing I want you to take away is that, there is no shame at all in being a virgin. It's just an experience you haven't yet had, as I said, for reasons that make complete sense. And I also like that in your um, asking the question, you're like, you know what? I know my body. I know what gives me pleasure. And it's great that with masturbation, you know, you've, from my perspective, hopefully experimented with like 
lubrication, non-lubricated, um, you know, more direct stimulation, um, enforce, you know, focusing on the frenulum or not, but like really just getting a sense of like, what are your turn-ons so that ultimately you can communicate that to a partner. Um, and also that recognizing, as I often say, porn is a horrible sex educator, um, but there are some great videos, uh, great sex educational videos. Um, the Sinclair Institute is one resource I'd refer you to to look at their educational videos, but there are so many out there. So again, it's just really looking that it's from sort of an educated, you know, a certified educated uh, counselor. So ASECT, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, would be, again, somebody who's got that qualification or, um, you know, again, where the person who's doing the training um, or is sort of... Uh, the person sort of behind the scenes because obviously they may not be the actor or actress in the taping, but that they have the qualifications to, so that you can have confidence that these are some skills that may, you can sort of visualize and have a sense of, we call it like mental rehearsal so that you feel like you know the ropes a little bit before sort of your first experience. But coming back to where we started, it's really to recognize, I think it's awesome that you're feeling ready, that you're taking this time. And it's really about waiting to find the right one. Um, and that you are your own expert in that regard. So take your time, take it slow, and most importantly, know there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Listen, this may not be common, but it's not uncommon either, right? You are not alone in this experience. And as I said, and I'm just going to keep highlighting, there is nothing shameful about being a virgin at any age. So um, I'm really excited that you're you know, taking care of yourself and going to have some active dating, it sounds like, in the near future. So as always, would love to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I love this quote I wrote down from it. Breathe it into the very depths of your being that there is nothing wrong with you. I think that's so important and it applies to probably all of us around certain scenarios. So everyone, the things that you are concerned about and feeling insecure about, there's nothing wrong with you. I also agree with her points about embracing the fact that you haven't had sex with another person yet and that you don't need to feel the need to share every detail about this with a potential partner unless you feel it's time. Megan is so right that whoever you decide to have sex with and will be your first is a caring person is going to really, really deeply respect that they're your first. It's also really true what she said about our culture being so fixated on this idea of virginhood. Did you know that there's no standard or medical definition of that word? We've mentioned that here a little bit before. Culturally, we have general definitions, right? But there really is no medical, technical, definite definition. It's a social construct. You are a sexual being, in my opinion. You have had sex with yourself. So I know that's not the same thing as having shared sex with another person, but I think that just having that context might help take some of the steam out of that being this big stigmatized thing. I'm really sending you my best, Harold. I hope you have a lot of fun and you meet the right person and I know they're going to be lucky to spend time with you. If you have a question for Dr. Megan or for me, please hit us up at our websites. Uh, you can head to augustmclaughlin.com slash contact or click the links down below in your smartphone app. While you're there, I would so appreciate a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. 
Girl Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin, with technical producer and audio extraordinaire, Mackenzie Mazel, as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast brand movement and book series at girlboner.org and more about Period at periodnetwork.com.